It's a new day. Yes, it is. The Back Row Morning Show. The Back Row Baptist Podcast. The morning Side Hug. The Back Row with Matt and Mo. He's Matt. I'm Mo. <laughs> We're just like, hey, we got microphones. You're tuned in to the Back Row Rewind. The best of Matt and Mo. Welcome to the Back Row Rewind, where we take a deep dive into the Back Row archives and bring out a gem from the past. Today, we're going to be talking about movie cliches that we need to dump. But first up, we're going to be talking about the Nintendo 64. Ah, memories. Let's go. It all started with a dream. I got some things to say. I'm still slowly dying, but Uh. hey, we all are. Good morning, Back Row Radio. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And you're streaming the morning side hug. Completely loving, socially awkward, and decidedly Christian. We are a Back Row Morning Show exclusively on BackRowRadio.com. On today's show, movie cliches we need to dump. Plus the latest news, random facts, and more. It's funny the way you said dump. <laughs> you emphasize dump really, like, powerfully. Like, you're welcome. You give the full context of the word just in how you pronounce it. You're welcome. <laughs> That's the That's one of the things it. you say that are better than everybody else. Oh. <laughs> Dang, that like that's a good compliment. <laughs> <laughs> but first, it is July eighth, and we have a holiday to celebrate. It is National Video Game Day. Mm-hmm. Okay, I cannot allow my fourteen-year-old to listen to today's show. <laughs> to know that <laughs> today is Video Game Day. <sighs> Dust off that old Nintendo and haul your prized collection of games out of the closet. National Video Game Day happens on July 8th. Its cousin, National Video Games Day, is September 12th. Primarily used for recreational purposes, although professional gaming leagues do, in fact, exist, video games have exploded in popularity over the last few decades. They're exciting, invigorating, and most importantly, not just for kids. The very first video game ever invented involved simple table tennis. Today, there are over 5 million games in existence, from high-speed racing adventures to perilous virtual doing matches. There's a genre... Genre. Dueling matches. What I say? Doing. I said dueling. You said doing. <laughs> Virtual go back dueling and matches. Virtual dueling. <laughs> that. Exactly why I felt the need to. I was letting it slide, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe we should clarify that one. From high-speed racing adventures to perilous virtual dueling matches, (laughs) there's a genre for everyone to enjoy. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, So did you own a lot of consoles? No. No? We had the N64, and that was it. That was all you had? That was all that we had. And then what what have y'all had as parents? The Wii. Um, We have the old-school Super Nintendo. The one that came out recently, like uh-huh. the mini NES, yeah. the SNES? Yeah. Um, and the Switch. And Xbox. We have Xbox 360, Xbox One. Okay. So you've had quite a lot as parents in your home. What about handhelds? Do you have any handhelds as a kid? No. 
No Game Boy? I had like no that? Game Boys. My brother had, like, when he was 13, he had, like, the very original Game Boy. That big. Yeah. Yeah, the big chunk. Yeah, so that's just something, like, my dad did a lot of computer gaming, but my parents weren't big video game people, and mm. so we didn't grow up video game people and I kind of understand why I learned once we got the N64 and my brother and I would go to school my mom would spend all day playing (laughs) the Mario Nintendo 64 Mario that was one of the best Mario games ever that's what she did all day (laughs) she had her own little world or her own little um like saved file, yeah, saved you know, file. and we were not allowed to play on her <laughs> saved file. Absolutely not. 100%. So, I mean, I think it was probably a good thing that my family was not big into video games. Otherwise, I would have never seen my mom. Cause, yeah, because your mom had an addictive personality. <laughs> yeah. That stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That N64 was the game changer. Like, yeah. I had the, the With NES. With the rumble pack? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Super heavy, awkward controller. You know, though? It, and Star Fox. And Star oh, Fox, my gosh. man. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Ooh, if I, I could get my hands on an N64, that would probably be, like, best day we, of my we life. We got another one. Like, we had another one a few years ago. Really? Uh, I don't say a few. It might have been a decade ago now. But yeah. we, it's still long after the N64's time. We, like, they had one at GameStop for, I think, uh, $150. Yeah. And they had a bunch of, like, the games that I remember, like, GoldenEye. Yeah. Uh, Star Fox was one of them. Uh, Super Mario. So I'm like... Let's just get this. This is this is going to be fun. And we yeah. played it for a long time, or I played it a lot. Pedro played a few of them. But, um, like, that N64 was the game changer. Mm-hmm. With uh, the 3D aspect, the Super Mario game, of course. GoldenEye was the big deal. That's still the only, like, multiplayer shooting game that I like. Yeah. was GoldenEye. Like, I really love that game. I could still play that now. Um but yeah, but I had I had a lot. I went. I was a I was a very Nintendo boy. Yeah. Growing up, like mm-hmm. I was very loyal. I had friends that had uh, like the Sega Genesis, and even like the Sega Game Gear that yeah. that had that weird long handheld, but it was like full color. And I'm like, ooh, why isn't my Game Boy like this? Like I was upset. Yeah. But I was still loyal, and I didn't switch. So, you know, I had the NES, I had the Game Boy, had the Super NES, had the Game Boy Pocket, had the Jeez, N64. Yeah, my, my parents were depressive spenders, and they wanted to uh, make sure that I didn't feel like we were as poor as we were. So, <laughs> so you had so they you bought had. me a lot of stuff, yep. yeah. And uh, N64, but then when we, uh, when we got to the next generation of systems, that was when... Xbox, uh, I think PlayStation 2 was that generation, mm-hmm. and um, the GameCube came out. Yeah. And I looked at the GameCube and, like, the games that were coming out, and I'm like, I don't want this. Yeah. And so I went with the Xbox, and I felt like I was betraying. Felt like, wrong. I felt guilty about it. For the first, like, year that I played it, I'm yeah. like, I feel bad for Nintendo right now. But that, that Xbox was great. Had yeah. a lot of fantastic games. But uh, then the Wii came around, though, and Nintendo got smart. They're like, let's go back to the gimmicky stuff because yeah. the gimmicky stuff gets us buys. You gotta get. They got into the area where they're like, 
you'll buy the PlayStation or the Xbox, whatever. They're essentially the same system with games that you know are mm -hmm. exclusive to whatever. So you buy that, but you're also going to buy the Nintendo. Mm -hmm. And it's different. true. And it's that's true. Ex that's the been the perfect strategy. Yeah. Don't compete. Yeah. Be a side project. So our very first, <laughs> as a married couple, our very first gaming system was the Xbox 360. Mm. And Chris actually won that at a Christmas party for his squadron in a scavenger hunt. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was like... 40 of the guys they got up and it was one of those scavenger hunts where you have to run and get things from people in the audience and my husband down to the last two i mean he was much like you growing up they had every single gaming system yeah he and his brother that's what they would ask their grandmother for every year for christmas was handhelds and the systems and everything okay so he, us being married and not having a gaming system, he's like, this feels wrong. <laughs> but I also know that we can't afford to life? buy one. Right, yeah. yeah. We were newly married within two years of our marriage and had two babies. So yeah, there Yikes. was no way that we were affording <laughs> a gaming system. So he put it all out there to win that <laughs> Xbox 360. 360. He actually fell and busted his elbow and arm open <laughs> to be the first one to get there. I mean, like, I don't think I've seen him run that fast since. <laughs> <laughs> Sprinted up there, put in the last whatever item it was, I don't remember, that they had to find from the crowd and earned himself that Xbox 360. Wow. We still have it. it. Cannon has it in his room now. And then I think for... Christmas one year, I bought him the Xbox One. So we've actually only bought the One and the Switch. Wow. The Wii was given to us while we were in Italy, which that was like the turn for Topher. He could have cared less about the 360. He didn't care about the Xbox, whatever. But when we got the Wii, Topher was like, oh my gosh, what is this? Right. He's like five years old, I think, when we got it. <laughs> and so that just opened up a whole door. Oh, it was awesome. For him. The, yeah. Wii, the Wii was a was another game changer. Just yeah. adding all that physical element to it. That was really cool. Now, both the boys did have a DS also, but that's because we did a whole lot of traveling in oh, Italy, yeah. and it you was just to easy to, yeah. yeah. Yeah, DSs were cool. We, we had... There was a point, I think I've told you this, there was a point where with the Vaster family, like all eight of us in that house that would go over there every Sunday had a DS. Yeah. So we would go to church and then we would immediately go to their house, have a quick lunch and spend like five hours playing Mario Kart together. Yeah. It was some of the best afternoons I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Really fun. I, uh, with, especially with my father-in-law who thought he was really, really good at this game, and then every race, something would go wrong, and he'd say, something's wrong with mine. <laughs> Mine's not working. <laughs> there are a lot of people who knock video games and who say, you know, it, uh, whatever. It's, they're not good for you. Right. They're not good for your nah. brain, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Both my husband and my brother-in-law, who grew up playing video games, both of them have jobs that are very video game Based, had they not grown yeah. up with a with an understanding and a knowledge, you know, kind of in that world, they wouldn't be making the money that they are doing the jobs that they're doing now. So right. for Topher, who is very much kind of that same mentality, same uh, I, that's just kind of how his brain works, how his mind functions. I'm like, okay, I don't want it to become an idol, and that's something that we are working sure, through with him yeah. right now, you know. <laughs> but at the same time. If this is just naturally where his brain goes, 
I want to cultivate that for yeah, him. Foster it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so don't knock them, because they're really not that bad. All right, so we are going to be playing a game this morning. We haven't played a game in a while. We have Been not. A little bit, a little bit of a time here. So uh, we're going to get you back in your quest to regain the uh, back row undisputed championship title. And so first you got to beat me in a game. And Great. Today we're going to play Five Second Guess, which is a game that you always win. So you got a good chance here. We'll see. I think I've won one time, right? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I just feel like when you're always like, this is a game that you're really good at, <laughs> I always I, fail. That's when I uh, jinx you. Yes. Yeah. All right. So Five Second Guess is going to give us a... Uh, topic and it's going to make us list three things of a certain thing within five minutes got it as easy as i can explain it (laughs) for for anyone listening i do want to preface this with when i get like overly anxious about things i get really loud so if you're wearing (laughs) headphones you might want to turn it down a little bit also when i get really angry i get really loud and that tends to happen with this game (laughs) so you know just so you're aware we are prefacing that (sighs) all right so i'm gonna let you go first we're gonna try uh five rounds okay five five versions okay all right do you want to go back and forth do you want to do your five and then do my five do my five okay here we go five rounds all right Name three things you would find under a sofa. Change, dust, socks. Good job. You gotta wait. You gotta wait for it to go. Yeah. Nailed it. All right. <laughs> Name three things that are white. Sheets, socks, underwear. See, you're getting all these really easy ones. Nail it. <laughs> Mine's gonna be like name th- three European. Uh, old answers or something. Oh. Weird thing. Yeah. That's what I said. I said it. <laughs> it's obscure. Do you know one? No, you don't. So that's what I stand behind my. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Name three insects. Come on. Uh, lightning bug, ladybug, and tarantula. Is that an insect? No, it A is rush. not. And you did not get it. <laughs> Three insects? Is it an insect or is a tarantula not an insect? No, it's, it's an arachnid, 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 but that's not, not in the insect, insect family? Mm-mm. Crap. <laughs> you... See? You, you were the lightning me. bug first. That was a weird place oh, to go I first. I love lightning Do you? bugs. Oh, okay, so there's a reason. Yeah. It wasn't just like a random thing you pulled out of the sky. That is probably my biggest, like, pain about living here so you don't see lightning bugs here yeah okay well that's one down all right name three boy bands backstreet boys in sync and boys to men i mean okay i'll let boys to men count but i don't feel like that's the same genre why it's a boy band. They're in R&B, but it's a boy band. I just, I don't feel like they would qualify as a boy band. Boys to men. I understand boy that they are all men, men but I don't, <laughs> but you know, Aerosmith is all men too, and they're in a band, but I wouldn't call them a boy band. You yeah, know what but I'm boys to men is still. It's just, uh, I will count it because I don't have a good argument of why not, but I just don't feel like it's the same. Hanson. But you know what? I say that. And I'm pretty sure NSYNC and Baxter Boys are also qualified as R&B. 
Really? I'm pretty they're not sure. pop? I'm pretty sure they're qualified as rhythm and blues, too. I don't, I don't know, know. Then. All right. So, so then in that case, the only boy band would be Hanson. <laughs> and, and they were a real band. And like, they all played the instruments. That's true. <laughs> and everybody thought that they were actually girls, not boys. So. <laughs> all right. So that's uh, three out of four. We got one more here. Right. Right? Yes. Right. Yes. Name three mathematical symbols. Oh, my God. Addition sign plus subtraction sign, right? And percentage? Okay, you barely got that in there. Good grief. I didn't know what they meant by mathematical symbols. Like, what does that plus even minus mean? Equals. Shut up. <laughs> Would have worked. I got it. Four right. out of five. Hit and the, I still the, think tarantula should count. Hit the nailed it, and there's still five more. So these will be my five. All right, ready? Mm hmm. Name three things to pack for a holiday. Uh, extra underwear, extra socks, and swimsuits. I'm, I'm assuming we're talking about vacation, right? A holiday. Yeah, sure, yeah. whatever. <laughs> okay. Uh, name three. Name three things you would like to accomplish in your lifetime. Skydive, climb a mountain, eat a, an entire pizza all by myself. <laughs> You've never eaten an entire pizza by yourself? I have. I've already accomplished it. That's a fail. Why? That's it says things I'd like to accomplish. I would like to have accomplished that, and I have. Whatever. <laughs> Name three things you do at the weekend. Uh, uh, work? Sleep? I don't know. Work is not considered. No. I know. I, but I work all weekend. <laughs> Failed it. And then I said sleep, and I'm like, well, I mean, technically I do sleep on the weekends, but I sleep every other day, too. Like, I feel like these have to, I panicked in my own head. I'm like, I feel like these have to be exclusive to the weekend. But What would you do? Nap. I yeah, would I say, say nap. naps, probably. Uh, clean. Clean. A lot of people who, yeah. yeah. Go to the movies. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. I don't okay. know. Not lately. Whatever. Yeah. All right, ready? Yeah. Name three things you bring on a first date. Bring? Yes. What do you bring? <laughs> Flowers, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Flowers, candy, and <laughs> protection. <laughs> Stop it. No, Mo. This is a first date. No. Listen, it is just a general Not question. Until you're married. Absolutely. No, I agree. Terrible. But it is just a general question. Don't listen to her. Ay, ay, ay. Whatever. <laughs> Um, how about breath mints? That would have been breath nice. mints. Gum. Okay. Breath protection. So I already won. Do we want to? Yeah, let's do the last one anyway. All right. I <laughs> uh, failed it. <laughs> Name three things you found under the sink. Wow. My brain just goes blank. Cleaning products. Trash yeah, bags. But I don't have that underneath. Because I, because my brain always fights between what normal people would and what I have. And so I sit there and I think, what should I say? And that the five seconds are gone before I can spit anything out. My brain just comes to a complete stop because it overthinks things. Well, I'm what do y'all keep under your sink? We have uh, a dustpan, uh, a bunch of Walmart bags, and I think the bucket that we clean the car with. <laughs> that would have been I know, all acceptable. I know, but all... <laughs> 
But um, again, my brain was thinking, I need to think in a generalized term. I need to think about what most people have under there. See, and then but, you yelled at me for the generalized <laughs> term of what you bring on a first date. You cheese the Only because it was inappropriate. It was but, not uh, But then again, I, I did say... Listen, pole dancer earlier. <laughs> I said, I said protection. You never know who you're going on a first date with. You should you bring a, a mace. You should bring pepper spray. You should Not bring mace. A, mace. a mace. You should bring pepper spray and a pocket knife. And and if you are in a state where you have to have a license to conceal carry, then you bring your handgun. Cause you, especially you females out there, you never know who you're going on a first date with. <laughs> Protect yourself. That's what I meant. <laughs> oh gosh, that was good. Okay. <laughs> Well, you uh, you've earned your right to uh, challenge me for the title. Yeah, I have. Next time around, and it has to be at the same game. So, yes. Good luck, because I feel like you don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a break right there on this back row. Rewind when we come back. Some of your embarrassing church stories. We're gonna read them on the show, and uh, well, cringe along with you. Stick around. You're listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Moe. This week in nerd history, a tall, cool glass of Martian water. That's essentially what the Mars Phoenix lander was sent to find when NASA launched it on August 4th, 2007. Phoenix was the sixth successful landing on Mars, but the first spacecraft to land on the Martian Arctic surface. Its mission was to dig for ice and assess if the Martian Arctic ever had conditions that could support life. In July of the next year, NASA announced that Phoenix confirmed the presence of water ice on Mars as predicted in 2002 by the Mars Odyssey orbiter. During the initial heating cycle of a new sample, Tega's mass spectrometer detected water vapor when the sample temperature reached zero degrees Celsius. Water ice simply means that it contains the same elements as the water we have on Earth, and is not another form of ice, such as dry ice, the solid form of carbon dioxide. Many wonder why the discovery of water ice even matters. Well, it's about finding the organic materials and the building blocks for life. With this type of information, we can learn more about the history of Mars and how it became a desert wasteland. Phoenix ended up exceeding its intended 90-day mission, studying the planet for a total of five months. In 2010, NASA lost contact with the lander completely, but the data collected continued to be studied for many years after. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Mo. Welcome back to the Back Row Rewind. And today, later in the show, we're going to be showcasing a discussion on movie cliches that need to be dumped. But in this segment, we're actually going to be reading some of your embarrassing church stories and cringing along with you. Let's go. First, it's time for You Ask Us Anything. You too ask us anything. <laughs> Time for you ask us anything. 
<laughs> Your question for today is, what was the last physical book you read? So I've read a lot of books, but all of them have been in digital form for the most part. Tisk tisk. So honestly, the last book that I, like physical book that I read that wasn't like my own, I read my own, but I don't think that counts. Because um, I was just reading for spelling errors and stuff. I wasn't reading for enjoyment <laughs> or learning. Yeah. <laughs> so the last actual book that I read was uh, still Unoffendable by mm -hmm. uh, Bryn Hansen, yeah. which uh, I still recommend and I need to read again. I lent it to someone and I don't remember who. It was not me. I'm pretty sure it was Megan Kelly. I think she still has it. So yeah. I need to find that, get it back and reread it. But uh, especially for this time, I feel like if there's any any time that we need to read that book, Unoffendable, it's, it's now. now. Absolutely. Uh, uh, so I recommend that one. Yeah. Uh, the last physical book that I read, actually, when COVID hit, that was the first thing that I did was I picked up a book and I started reading it. And you know what? I'm mad at myself for not doing that. Yeah. I'm like, I could have read so many of these books on my shelf that I've never read before. Yeah. Now, here's the sad thing. I have a an entire bookshelf of books that I've never read, and I went and bought another book to read. <laughs> but I didn't read any of those books. Heck no. <laughs> um, but I read The Masterpiece by Francine Rivers. Okay, yeah. I remember you talking about that. Oh, it's so good. It's so, I love Francine Rivers. I love Christian fiction. I love reading a book that I can really get into the characters and kind of either relate to the characters or like view the characters as somebody that I know personally, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, make connections like that. Yeah. Um, and Francine rivers just does a really good job of that and ties it all back to a biblical viewpoint. And so I just, I love that. I love that about all of her books. So the masterpiece is a fiction book. It is a Christian fiction book. Yeah. Is it set like in a fancy time or what? No, this is actually true to true to today. Okay. Um, it's in the San Francisco area, and it's about a girl, a young, a young woman in her mid, early mid twenties. Um, she's a single mom, and she begins working for a artist who comes from a really rough, rough background. Really, he was, um, he got his start in art by doing graffiti on buildings on the side of buildings and so um it goes through both her struggle and his struggle and then different characters you know who they have in their lives some of their struggles as well mm, okay. it's just a it's a really, really good good classical no frills about it this is just a nice fiction book uh-huh good story yeah that's really all we need anymore yep. a, good a good girl story. and a bad guy <laughs> but it also shows the parallels in their lives and how similar mm. these very different people actually are. Which again, I think would tie back to our word for the year of empathy. Uh huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, let's kick off this uh, portion with five random facts with no song because I won't sing the song anymore. Nope, I sure won't. Now I want it. Now I want to hear the song. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for you. Uh, bears don't pee while hibernating. Instead, their bodies turn urine into protein and use it for sustenance. Interesting. Coming in hot with the facts today. <laughs> that, I'm, I find that very interesting. Yep. It's honestly never anything that I would have ever thought about. Do bears <laughs> pee while they hibernate? Right. But that is a really cool fact. <laughs> 
Y'all, I want everybody sharing that one today. Because <laughs> it's going to make you sound so smart. People are going to be like, what? I had no idea. Just walk up, interrupt random conversations. Hey, do you know bees don't pee? Uh, bees? Bears don't pee when they're hibernating. <laughs> bees don't pair when they're hibernating. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that because that just sound dumb. Dumb. <laughs> All right. You, you done? I'm done. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, Walt Disney was cremate, cremated. He isn't... What is that? Cryogenically frozen. Thank you. <laughs> He's not a frozen head somewhere. I couldn't say that word. <laughs> uh, the most remote position on Earth is Point Nemo. My gosh. <laughs> a spot literally in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by more than 1,000 miles of ocean in every direction. It's so isolated, the closest humans are often the astronauts aboard the International Space Station. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. I, for some reason, with point, I was seeing Pinto. And I was like, <laughs> that's not Pinto. That's, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, getting stabbed by a pencil can leave a mark on your skin for decades because graphite particles are left in the dermis layer of the skin, the same layer of skin where tattoo ink is placed. And that's something I didn't know, but makes total sense because I know people who have been stabbed with pencils and mm -hmm. they had that mark on that them forever for and forever. never went away. Yep. Cannon was stabbed with a pencil on the bus one year and yeah. he still has it. Every few months he'll be like, Mom, I still got that pencil spot on my arm. <laughs> yeah, I know, Cannon. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> um, in England, Exiting a party without saying goodbye is called a French leave. In France, it's called a filet et les anglais, to leave English style. <laughs> In the U.S., it's called an Irish goodbye. You so. know, so we all just want to point the finger at different so, countries and cultures. Yeah. You know? It's not us. That's not how we do things here. Nope. Yep. <laughs> All right, so this is going to be the last segment of this. Uh, a few weeks ago, we went to our Facebook group, Back Row Baptist Church. Join now. And uh, we asked you for your embarrassing church stories. And y'all came through in a big way with nearly 100 of these. So we've been spreading them out over different segments through different days for the last month or so. And uh, we're finally to the end. We're the last four today. What? The last four we're going to share. It's amazing. So first comes from uh, Todd Green. Uh, actually, the first two come from Todd Green. Number one is preaching with my fly open and my wife pointing it out to me, and I just zipped it up without turning around or anything. Later, I thought, why did I do that? <laughs> when I did that, the deacon had to step out of the back for laughing so hard. From laughing so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to say, though. Wife pointing out, hey, you're fly open. Ah, hey, zip. Well, that's interesting. Back to the sermon. <laughs> right in front of everybody. You can't just turn around. I mean, at least Look with like this. Look like you're staring at the cross. Yeah, with the pulpit <laughs> here. Yeah, here you could do that, and it would just you look like you were adjusting it. yourself. <laughs> I mean, it would still be pretty clear that you're. And that's were, even worse, actually, yeah. now that I think about it. I, I would rather just see you zipping up your, your fly than what I assume is you adjusting yourself. Look, really? Sometimes. Sometimes. No, don't. Mm -mm. No. Things get sticky down there, and you just gotta. It's hot in the summer, is all I'm saying. <laughs> 
So apparently the um, okay, you're gonna have to help me with these terms. Okay. For the convention, the New Mexico Baptist the convention. The Baptist convention of New mm-hmm. Mexico. We have like state leaders over each area yeah. of the church. Okay, and so the worship guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, I don't know his name. His name's Lamar. Okay. He's currently like serving as interim for our worship leader right now. Oh, at the church. Uh-huh. At your church. Okay. Uh-huh. So apparently he has like this nervous thing where he'll kind of like mess with his belt, mm. his belt buckle. <laughs> um, and so that's one of the first things that my friend who is good friends with them uh, or with him. That's one of the first things that she told me. If you ever noticing, notice him messing like with his belt or kind of around that area, <laughs> it's just cause he's nervous. It just like, don't draw attention to it. Don't say anything about it, but also don't walk away thinking that he's weird or anything. And sure enough, I noticed it the first time that I had a conversation with him. And I was like, I'm so glad she told me about this before, because I'd be walking away like, dude, what is your deal? (laughs) I can't even make any jokes because they'd all be too appropriate. I know. And as a woman, like my mindset would be get better underwear. Like what's wrong? (laughs) That's what your mind would be? Yeah. Oh, no. See. If you're constantly adjusting from a male, there. From or... a male perspective, if there was a guy talking to a lady and he was continuously fiddling with the crotchal <laughs> area, I'm not thinking his underwear is messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking he has impulse control issues. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> See, I just think that you don't have good supportive underwear. Like, get a get a good get a good uh, get a good boxer brief. They're nice and supportive. Exactly. <laughs> they don't bunch up on you. Yeah. They've been a lifesaver for me. <laughs> I spent most no seriously most of my childhood was spent picking underwear out of my butt crack, to the point where my teachers had to tell my mom because they were worried about me. Aww. Why is he always digging in his butt? <laughs> like so these underwear you, just bunch up in there. Do you? Do your boys wear boxer briefs? Uh, Most of their underwear are boxer briefs, yeah. 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 That's the same with us. Chris was like, boxer briefs are the way to go. And so when he figured that out, I was like, okay, well, then our boys are just going to wear boxer briefs. Absolutely. I think Johnny has a a package of normal ones, but I don't think we bought those. Yeah. Um, Someone else did. But yeah, uh, they're lifesavers, man. They're the way to go. How did we get on this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, this is a good this is a good life lesson for for all men. Right? Boxer if you, if your underwear is constantly uncomfortable, either too tight or too loose, go for the middle ground. Boxer briefs. Yeah. Next one from Todd Green. My nephew told my daughter. By the way, if you didn't know, we're telling embarrassing church stories. <laughs> That's what we're doing now. <laughs> Todd Green uh, says, my nephew told my daughter that my wife used to be a pole dancer. Oh, my goodness gracious. (laughs) What are the odds of this? What? (laughs) What are the odds that the term pole dancer would show up twice in one show? Organically. Organically. Let me start this over again. My nephew told my daughter that my wife used to be a pole dancer, and I had no clue that he said this to her. So at a senior citizen luncheon for the church, the ladies asked my daughter where she learned to dance from, and she had done a dance, as she had done a dance in children's church, being cute. My daughter responded to the dear, sweet, elderly women with these words. My mama used to dance on a pole. (laughs) 
Yep. That just happened. This doesn't answer the question. Did she really, though? Was she a pole dancer? <laughs> okay, so I got to tell you something, Matt. We, you know, I, I said that we aired all of our VBS videos this past week. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and at the end... They were greatly done, by the way. I need to point that out. Those videos were amazing. We talked about them, I guess it was last week or the week before. Yeah. About VBS videos for online things. They did a, such a good job. Such a good job. Thank you. So Thank go ahead, you. sorry. Group should award us with the number one virtual BBS. Award. Seriously. I I I could have if I didn't know who you guys were. Yeah. And we're just saying I would have believed that that could have come from the company. Yeah. They were that good. Thanks. So shout out to Gabby. <laughs> um so we at the end of every day we did a little blooper mm -hmm. reel. Okay? Also a brilliant idea. And <laughs> Thursday the second to the last day, we had decided as we were recording that we were just going to go rogue on a few of the songs and just be absolutely insane, not do the motions, and kind of as a way to pick at our media director. You know, she had been stressed all week. She was frustrated. And so we were like, you know what? We're just going to give her a reason to laugh. And so for a couple of the songs, instead of doing the motions, we just danced. We all did our own. Okay. <laughs> so I was watching Thursday and I was like, you know, I'm definitely not of the mindset that Christians shouldn't dance, <laughs> but I can definitely see the point that there is a fine line between appropriate and inappropriate dancing, because <laughs> there were a few times, and it's five women up there, yeah. five, what I guess is now these days considered middle-aged women, we're all in yes. our 30s, yeah. you know, and we're all up there, and there were a few moves, not like long moves by any means, but if you're watching one of us in particular, whoa, that was a bit too much shaken. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little bit more than PG-13. <laughs> so I'm thankful that they were put at the end at the bloopers where hopefully some people walked away and didn't get to see. But I, yeah, that was the day that we did our virtual or our drive-through offering and we were all up at the church and I was like, Guys, did you see the bloopers? Did you see us dancing? And all of us are like, yeah. Might as well just had a pole on stage, is all I'm saying. You know? <laughs> and I can remember thinking when we were doing it, do not shake too much. <laughs> Don't shake the booty. Don't gyrate. None of that kind of stuff. Just right? Hands. Just floss. Do, do, do whatever you got. Just do the Carlton. <laughs> do the Carlton. Yep, yeah, right. Even our children's director did the sprinkler at one point and just the shaking <laughs> of certain areas. It was like, oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Awkward city right there. Mm -mm. Uh, yep. So if any of our kids tell anybody that we were pole dancers, they've got video footage to go back and try and prove it with. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Normal people don't dance like that. Normal Christians can't dance like that. You see? All right. Uh, next one's from Tamara Zorn Pepler. What is with these weird names? I've never heard these names before. I don't know. Pepler? Pepler. I mean, it's a cool name. I like it. That's, I'd like to be known as a Pepler. Matthew was, Pepler. Matt Pepler. That, I like that, it. I actually do like, I like it. like that. That was my mom's maiden name, Pepler. Really? No. 
shut your mouth. How dare you? Her maiden name How was, dare you trick me like that? It was Cannon. Her maiden name was Short. No, no your, sh- her, name was, her married name was Cannon. What was her maiden name? Sheets. Sheets. Shorts. I was going to say Shorts because you were saying Cannon at the same time. I was saying Sheets. Anyway. Pamela Shorts. Pamela Shorts. <laughs> Pamela Sheets. All right. Tamara Pepler says, my niece was four, took her to church. Afterwards, she went up to the pastor and told him that he said a naughty word. He said, it's not, uh, it's not nice to say hell, but then quickly proceeded to list off all the other naughty <laughs> words that you're not supposed to be said. Can't say hell. Can't say. <laughs> I was like, um, there's an episode of the Simpsons where the kids go to a different school, like a, a better school uh, in another town. And the teacher's upset that, you know, Bart doesn't know how to read cursive. He's mm. all, don't you know cursive language? He goes, well, I know. <laughs> no, 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 no. The writing, cursive writing. <laughs> I mean, that is an understandable confusion. <laughs> You understand cursive language? Well, oh, yeah, but. <laughs> All right, here's the last one for today. Or last one total. Last one. We're finally what? done with this post. Ashley Gilland said, sophomore year of high school, I played Mary in our church Christmas production. I forgot my line, and I turned to Joseph, my real-life boyfriend at the time, for help, and he offered none. And so I responded out loud, well, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Side note, my dad was the preacher. Uh, Yeah. Ooh. In the production, you're sitting there, you're hovering over baby Jesus in the manger, and you're supposed to say something great right there. You don't remember? What was I supposed to say? I don't know. Look down at baby Jesus. Well, Well, crap. crap. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure Mary has some more thoughts. So Matt, I have to tell you something real quick. Okay. We were talking a lot of stories. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we were talking about my mom yes. just a few minutes ago. Pamela Shorts. Pamela Shorts. Um, <laughs> and her birthday's May 26th. And on that episode, that show, that morning show, I gave her a shout out mm. and told her or told all of our listeners, if you're within her area, I gave the city that she's in. Then go to her workplace. I said the place that she works. Oh, gracious. You did. I did. Yeah. yeah. And I said, go tell her happy birthday. My mom listened to it about a week later <laughs> and called me immediately and yelled at me. <laughs> you better be so thankful nobody came in. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. You gave my name. You gave the city I'm in and the place I... I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> I didn't even catch it when it happened, but I do remember you yeah, doing that. It was I very did. flippant. Like, it was just like a quick little yeah. thing. But <laughs> I can see her now listening to it like, oh, she's wishing me a happy moment. No, she didn't. Hold up. Wait a minute. What? What? <laughs> In today's climate, you're going to give people where I work? What if they don't like you and they want to take it out on me? 
Oh, oh she man. was so upset with me for yeah. that. So I, upset. I feel like that's a, a good reason to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've really given, if anybody wants to steal my mom's identity, I've given her birth date. I've given her place of work. I've given her maiden name. Shorts. It's shorts, everybody. Shorts. My poor mom. I love you, mom. Family shorts. Love you, mom. You'll listen to this in about a week, and I'll get another phone call where you're screaming at me. I love you. Uh, I love you, too. <laughs> All right, we're going to take one more quick break here for the Back Row Rewind, where we're bringing you a classic episode of the Back Row Morning Show to relive and re-enjoy. And uh, coming up next, movie cliches that need to be dumped. Stick around. You're listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Moe. Hey everyone, I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So one of my friends is an independent comic book creator, and he is doing a Kickstarter for a new book. And so I saw it on Facebook, and you know, I, I automatically backed his project because, you know, homies support homies. And then I was just thinking about his character, and I'm like, oh, you know, this would be a fun idea. So I made a comment. I was like, hey, I've got an idea for your character for a story. And we ended up talking back and forth. And I wrote him an outline for a short story. And he loved it. And he said, this actually fits really well with the project I'm working on. Uh, and so I drew up a storyboard. And my storyboard looked like hot buttered garbage. So he said, let's hire an artist and uh, get this done on time. And if it works out, it'll go in the book. So I wrote a page and a half of text. It took me, in all honesty, maybe 10 minutes. I had a friend that is an artist that we hired him to do this project. He spent the better part of three weeks putting nearly daily work into doing this. It took a lot more than just me. And now it's in the owner's hands and he's going to spend a lot more time doing lettering and getting it formatted and getting it up and printed and all these things. And this project is going to be a lot better with all of us together than it would be without it. And I think that's one of the faults the church currently has is that we are in the mindset of it needs to be done by us and our way in order to be good. And I think in those times, we end up building our own platforms instead of the kingdom. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 6 and 7 says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. Verse 7 says, So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. We get so caught up in doing things our own way, with our own branding, without actually trusting other people to get involved that I think we miss out as the church of being who we're called to be. I know that if I would have tried to hold on to my little idea for this book, it would have looked terrible, but I had to trust other people to be involved. Maybe we should start trusting others more as the church to be the church. 
Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. Listening to the Back Row Rewind, the best of Matt and Mo. Welcome back to the Back Row Rewind, and it's the final segment of the day where we're going to be talking about movie cliches that are so overused that we need to just dump them forever. Is that something you can get jiggy with, pal? Here we go. Back to the morning side hug, a back row morning show here on backrowradio.com. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And with Hollywood on a standstill, we should be using this time and energy to write better, less cliche-filled movie scripts. So today, Mo and I are going to be going through a long list of movie cliches, things that happen in a lot of movies. So many, so many movies, too many to count, that are now coming off as absolutely lazy writing because you're just copying what's come before. Okay. Now you might not know what I mean yet. I have no but idea. But let's start. Go for it. First of all, why is it that everybody who ever takes a taxi in a movie has the exact right amount of change to give them? There's never any change exchanged between the person paying and the driver. Or like it's always exactly a dollar, you know, like a, on the dollar number payment. It's the same precedent, and I don't think this is on the list, as uh, phone conversations. Nobody ever says goodbye. Everyone just knows when the conversation is over and they hang up the phone. Have you noticed that? You're about to ruin all movies <laughs> for me, aren't you? That's, that's my goal, yes. Great. To move, <laughs> ruin all movies. Great. That, that one bugs me more, the no, the no goodbye the, thing. The phone hang up, Like, yeah. you can say goodbye. You know, it'll make it feel real. You don't have to just like, okay, I got this. Hang up. Walk away. You know, say say something. Say goodbye. I just assume the other person on the phone line is, just hang up. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Are you still there? Uh, let's see. Okay, the next one is in English, please. When somebody who's really smart... Lays out an entire thing in very techno babble talk about you know what needs to be done or what's happening, and somebody else who can't follow along says in English, please. <laughs> <laughs> Happens a lot, nearly every movie where there's a smart like doctor type or computer type person. <laughs> well, and I mean, if you consider it, they are still speaking English. <laughs> so the proper thing to say would have been. I mean, even dumb it down for me. Yeah, layman's terms. Talk to me like I'm five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see the social outcast sidekick. Uh, so let me read this one. In just about every action or thriller movie, there's a character who helps out the good guy. This person is usually much smaller or in horrible shape. They offer some kind of comedic relief and don't do much except maybe distract the bad guy with their antics unconvincingly. But for some reason, the villains buy it. Even though the sidekick didn't really do anything, the hero thanks them in an attempt to remain humble. So Robin. <laughs> The, the DC lover in me really wants to argue that point. 
<laughs> but if we're talking about in the movies, then sure. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, the small town could have been. Just about every movie that takes place in a small town, there's a local who is a bitter, fast-tempered man with a huge drinking problem. A person with some kind of athletic big shot at the prime of his life who then blew his big chance at going pro because of some incident or injury. So Biff. (laughs) Biff. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Oh, okay. uh, Is that all you got? When someone is Is beaten to a bloody pulp. Yeah. Or (laughs) it's also like in an, that's a really awful picture. It is a bad picture. (laughs) Um, It's also like when someone is verbally attacking or, you know, is that all you got? That's Mm. kind of what I think. Yeah, I could work too. How about the you better run? Yeah, you better run. Main character is outnumbered by the bad guys. They're circling him or her, and just when we think our hero is about to be massacred, the group runs away. The main character sees them run, gets confident, and says, yeah, you better run. Little do they know that there's some gigantic creature behind them waiting to attack, or some other big force. <laughs> that is, yeah. And that works right with this one. The They're behind me, aren't they? <laughs> when you're talking about somebody behind their back, but really they're behind your back. <laughs> they're behind me, aren't they? I, I think the first instance I remember of that one was in City Slickers. When uh, Billy, have you seen the movie? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, Billy Crystal's talking about Jack Palance's character. So, you know, he's just saying all the negative things. Yeah. And the other guys at the campfire just kind of look up. Goes. He's behind me, isn't he? <laughs> that's when he picks him up and says he'll turn him into twins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Breakfast being the most important meal? Question mark. A wife in many movies will cook a big breakfast for her husband because she loves him and wants him to not be hungry throughout the day. The husband can never eat breakfast, but just grabs a piece of toast and eats it on the run as he walks out the door. <laughs> what happens to all the food? <laughs> I will say this is one of my biggest pet peeves in watching a movie. Like the wife is up and she's dressed to the nines, has everything, lunch is all packed, a big breakfast made. The table full of different yes. breakfast foods. Yes. Every single movie. It like drives me crazy. She's not standing there in her bathrobe with hair all crazy and everything. No. She has gotten up, showered, dressed, put makeup on done her hair and cooked a huge (laughs) breakfast and made lunches for her entire family. (laughs) Makes you feel pretty inadequate. I don't understand it. You know what also bugs me about that same scene, though? Hmm. If you look out the windows, it looks like it's 12 o'clock in the afternoon. It does, yeah. Like, it never (laughs) looks like it's 7 a.m. No wonder he's late. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have time for this. I woke up eight hours late. For work. You woke up and showered and cooked and everything, and you didn't think to wake up your husband to get on, to get to work on time? I wanted to make sure the breakfast was ready. I had to use every pan we own to make all this. Man. That is probably one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah. All right, next one on the list. The ugly pretty girl. 
To be fair, this cliche is not seen nearly as much as it used to be, but it's still annoying. The perfect example of this movie is She's All That. I was thinking the same. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shy, nerdy girl who wears glasses and doesn't wear makeup or designer clothes gets a complete makeover and becomes the hottest girl in school. Mm-hmm. Not just relatively good looking, but from the nerdiest to the hottest. Yeah. Full spectrum leap. Yep. Just got context, put her hair down, and put some makeup on, and that did the trick. Yeah. Well, and Clueless with Brittany Murphy's Clueless character. Did it. Yeah, that's right. Yep. It's a, every TV show, there's at least one episode that focuses on something like that as well. Yeah. Like, you know, not sitcoms, but like, like family dramas friendly and teen comedy. dramas and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, so this one I didn't realize was a thing until I read it, and I'm like, yeah, that totally does happen. Healthy eaters are evil. She's cool, pretty, sassy, intelligent, and when she eats, she will order the most calorie-stacked, deep-fried food that she can find. The type that will surely give anybody a heart attack. Apparently, the fact that she doesn't care what she eats just shows how awesome she is. But the girl who exercises daily and eats healthy, because in reality she's a good role model, is uptight and vindictive. Most likely an evil cheerleader. That's very true. (laughs) Maybe that's why so much of our generation chooses to not eat healthy. But, like, I'm thinking about it, and I'm, like, imagining the first girl. uh, Normal girl eating a, you know, giant cheeseburger. Yeah. I I find that endearing. I think, yeah, that's the good person. Yeah. If you're sitting there eating your That's the kind of girl I want, somebody who can eat. (laughs) Right. Eat a good old cheeseburger. You're sitting there, a sad, skinny girl eating a vegan loaf. Yeah. Drinking a soy latte. Like, no, she clearly is going to murder somebody soon. Chris would say she needs a sandwich. (laughs) Get that girl a pork chop or something. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That was a good line from uh, How I Met Your Mother. That's because you need protein line. I don't remember that one. Mm -mm. Uh, He was dating a. I think dating or a blind date. Was it Barry? The girl who Barry. was no. What's his name? Barney. Vegan. No, it was a uh, Ted. Oh. Who was vegan? And she, she said that uh, she was like trying to get out of the pl- out of the date. And she said, "I don't know. I'm feeling kind of tired. I think I'm going to go home." He goes, "That's because you need protein." <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <sighs> All right. Next one. Children are much smarter than adults. Okay, so we know that there are really some smart kids in the world, but in many movies they that have kids playing a role, those kids are always the ones that offer some great wisdom that gets the main character to see a truth that was right in front of them the whole time, and these kids are usually quiet throughout the rest of the film. So, like, their only purpose is to say this mind-blowing truth. I, I don't find this annoying as it stands. I find it annoying at how often it's used. Yeah. But, uh... I mean, I, I like the gimmick as it is. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Kids are kind of smart. And sometimes it does help to listen to their perspective uh, from a childhood's eye, from childhood eyes than adult eyes. Yeah. There, but it's overused. It happened in my real life during COVID. There was a week where we were all, like, ready to kill each other. All five <laughs> of us, we were done. And we finally just got in the truck and drove to get ice cream. And so we're having our a family conversation in the truck. And Topher's like, you know, it's not that we all hate each other. It's not that we're even mad at each other. It's just that we haven't seen anybody else in over a month. And we haven't even really left our house in over a month. I love you all very much. 
but I'm really kind of getting tired of seeing just you. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris and I look at each other and we're like, scold. <laughs> <laughs> By our 14 year old. Bit harsh, but true. Yeah, <laughs> but it's so true. It was like Chris and I were racking our brains. Why do we all hate each other right now? Right. Why are we all getting on each other's nerves? <laughs> and poor Topher. It's not that we hate each other. We just need to see other people. <laughs> he apparently was breaking up with us. Yeah. Like, Let's just take a break. Let's take a sabbatical from this. And uh, so it does happen. See some in other real families. Life, but. I need to see some other families. I'd like an open family. <laughs> an open family relationship. <laughs> Wow. Oh, goodness gracious. All right. Next uh, movie trope that is overused. Angry girlfriend throws clothes out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Before this happens, the guy usually says something like, how mad do you think she'll be? Oh, and it's never just clothes. It always is capped off with like a radio or a TV, video game console, something that's noisy and will break easily. Absolutely. Because <laughs> it's clothes he can just pick up. Right. You throw his television <laughs> or his Xbox, that's really going to hit him hard. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, painful. Next one, uh, that's really an animal kissing you. You know the scene. It's a beautiful tropical island. There are two people, a man and a woman, sitting on a blanket. The man is looking deeply into the woman's eyes, and she's looking back at him. They begin to passionately kiss. And then the scene cuts to the guy sleeping on his couch with his dog licking inside his mouth. I hate that. <laughs> Uh, the most recent version of that I saw was on Frasier. That happened on Frasier. Ugh. <laughs> it really makes me want to puke. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> All right. Here's the, uh, we aren't so different, you and I. Oh, here uh -oh. we go. That's a good one. Uh, how many times does the hero say this to the villain? <laughs> Every movie, every movie where the hero and villain get to talk. You know, we're all so different, you and I. And they're always British. That's what I pull away from it. Uh, the We Got Company guy. We got that one. They parodied, or they lampooned that a bit on Community. Hate to be really? the Hate to be the We Got Company guy, but we got company. We got company. <laughs> <laughs> We've got company. Yeah, I don't even need to explain that. You know what that is. You keep looking behind my shoulder like just past me, and I I'm real acting. think that we have company. <laughs> we have company. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, flying a plane is super easy. Who cares if you have absolutely no experience flying a plane? You just need to talk to some guy over the radio and push whatever buttons he tells you. I Did mean, we also mention that the plane is spiraling out of control and about to crash on the ground in 30 seconds or so? Always. Also, your anxiety is probably very high right now, but you'll be all right. You'll be just fine. I mean, you look at those airplane consoles with the sheer amount of buttons and switches, and you're trying to listen. Yeah, you look at you can look at this our our, our soundboard here. That's already that's already too much to talk you through over the phone. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Press the mute button. There are 50 mute buttons here. Which mute button do you mean? The 17th from the right. Oh, okay. Let me pause for 10 minutes One, and count that out. Two. While we're all plunging to our death. Hi. <laughs> oh, gracious. Okay. Um, 
Diffusing a bomb is as easy as snipping one wire. I mean, it is, but which wire? <laughs> All the hero does is snip a wire. Of course, he doesn't know which wire to cut. So just as the timer reaches 00.01, he cuts the red wire. Or is it the white wire or the blue wire? Thus, diffusing the bomb and saving the day. Movies need to have no wire bombs. Wire and, wires and bombs are crappy bombs. Also, imagine a bomb in real life. Does it have a countdown timer on it as to when it's going to explode? I've never seen a bomb. I have no idea. <laughs> well, I mean, your husband's in the military. I'm sure it at least I'm has. I'm not allowed been. to talk to him about that stuff. You're not allowed to talk about anything he's seen regarding bombs? Not really, no. Really? It's all confidential. That's strange. That's how he keeps his top secret clearance. I gotcha. Okay. Okay, so it's not like that for every single person. Just people that have top secret clearance. I mean, you're really... You're not supposed to talk about anything? You're really not. Because you never know who you're talking to that could leak it to the wrong person, and then that wrong person leak it to the really wrong person. And so right now, you might have just leaked something to me, and then I'm leaking it to everybody. Exactly. And then Al-Qaeda's listening. Is Al-Qaeda even a thing anymore? Right, you did not. Mo did not share anything with me. I did not. But real bombs don't have countdown timers on them. I didn't say that. I said it. I they don't, don't have countdown. They, they don't want you to know when it's going to explode. Listen, I just think that it would be even even more interesting for the person to find the bomb, think that all that they have to do is sniff the wires. They pull out their pliers from their pocket. They pick up the bomb, and there's no wires right. at all. No wires What do I do now? <laughs> uh, 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 uh. And there's no timer on it. <laughs> Wait, is this a bomb? Oh, never mind, guys. There needs to be a movie. It's a microphone. One movie. <laughs> there needs to be one movie where they, like, spin, put a spin on all of these cliches. Every cliche the whole goes mo- wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I love it. That's what they I should do. It. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and then they wake up at the end, and it was all a dream. And then he takes off the covers. And he's just ahead because the bomb really did go off. Oh and it my wasn't gosh. a dream. There's the spin. There's the spin. All right, no, but that is the next one. Waking up in a hospital. Uh, a person who woke up from a coma decides to rip out their IV and escape immediately. They never seem to be in any physical repercussions from this. Even the IV is supposedly keeping them alive. They just tear it out and they run away, walk away. Uh, even they're, when they're horribly injured, they can still just walk right out. Nobody stops them. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm done here. Yeah. As if the second that they rip the IV out, all the beep, beep, beep right. at the nurse's it's station go isn't off. going off. Because uh, it reacts as if you're dying, as if yeah. you've stopped living. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, get in there. Oh, yeah. my gosh. All right. The long, drawn-out no. No. You know what? I'm not mad at this one because it's fun to do that. Like, I've gotten to do that in reality, like, with a full force, no acting in something. Yeah. It's really fun. I want to do it. And it's emotional. You know? <laughs> it, may, it gets me every time. It's in a lot of movies, but it gets me every time. I'm like, <laughs> ooh, that hurts. I feel it. I feel he the pain. It really means no. Really More means so it. than just saying no. <laughs> And lastly, the uh, the the biggest one of all, cool people never look at the explosion they just caused. They simply walk away. 
They also don't feel like the heat or the force. Or the force. Or anything. I know. <laughs> they just casually stroll away. Listen, <laughs> we were setting off fireworks last night and or Friday night, last Friday night, and the force of just the tiny little firework shook the house and shook like your core yeah i could feel it on the inside and that was just a tiny firework the the explosions that you see in a movie they're like full buildings yeah (laughs) coming up in a fireball you're not going to be able to stand much less walk away from that deaf afterwards exactly (laughs) it's big that's the thing okay so that's what we need to see happen they crumble to their leg to their knees and they just kind of sit there they regain composure they go to walk off and the other one says something and the one's like huh what'd you say Said we should have put a timer on that bomb. <laughs> Give us a little bit of time to get out of there. <laughs> telling you, we could write movies. This would be good. It would be great. <laughs> I want to share with you something that I love. And I talked about it when we were talking about um, the embarrassing church stories. But I didn't grow up Baptist. I grew up Pentecostal, and so I never knew that the Baptist convention was a thing, never knew that there was this big resource for a church Hmm. to pull from when they're in a time of need. Currently, we don't have a youth leader and we don't have a worship leader. And so both- Don't have a youth leader either. Yep. So both um, the state convention guys are serving as interims at the church in their place which i think is it's brilliant to me it's it's genius and here at at your church when i did vbs here we pulled a lot of resources and um like their decorations because we had a lower budget you know we didn't have a whole lot of extra money for big decorations right they had that vbs trailer Uh uh-huh that you they take the churches yep that we could use and we were able to and it was free free of charge just use it put it back put whatever extra things you you purchased you know that you want to share with other churches in there as well um, and then, like for other events, I think that we've had bouncy houses. Yeah, they have like a whole they have like a whole trailer full of like four or five different bouncy houses. Now that does cost some money. Yeah. For the upkeep, but it's still much less than renting it from like a entertainment company or right. something. Like much, much less. Yeah. So, like I said, growing up not Baptist, I never knew that that was a thing. I never knew that that was a yeah. resource, and and I don't know. How many states actually have it? How many states utilize it? I don't know if it's... I'm fairly certain that every state has a Baptist convention Yeah. Uh, in their state. Yeah. But I don't know how... Like, I don't know if they're all, like, the same level of interaction, if yeah. they all have the same number of people, if they're all the same size or what. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a good resource here in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. I Honestly, <clears throat> I love it. And I feel like it's a good way for... They keep communication flowing between the different churches. It's not a feeling of competition between the different Baptist churches. It's they're a good go-between for all of the churches. You know, this yeah. is what's happening over here. This is what's happening, and then we pray for each other and we hold each other accountable. And and anyway, I just I enjoy that. <laughs> All right, that's a good one. Let's close out our show with the Bible verse for the day. It is Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied.
And we hope that your hunger and thirst for classic content has been satisfied because Back Row Rewind is officially coming to a close today. We hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll have another one next week. New morning shows with Matt and Mo are going to be coming out next Monday through Wednesday, and uh, we'll have another one of these next Thursday. If you would like to catch up on Back Row Rewinds, they are not in the morning, the Back Row Morning Show's podcast feed anymore. Uh, a couple months ago, we moved them to the LTN Specials podcast feed. So go to your favorite podcast app and search LTN Specials, and it'll have like a little black, green, and blue logo, but it's very clear. It says LTN Specials on it. You'll find Back Row Rewind. You'll find LTN Rewind. You'll find a weekly Bible thump with Drew Dixon, which is probably the best reason to subscribe to LTN Specials. Uh, Matt and Bubba in the morning. You'll find all kinds of things. Uh, LTN Con Specials, whenever we air uh, audio from the, the breakout sessions and uh, special you know, keynotes and everything. That's where those are going to go. And uh, we got another LTN con coming up in just a couple months, y'all. So you're going to want to subscribe to that LTN specials. Go check it out. Go subscribe. Have fun. And uh, if nobody else tells you, we promise it's true. Jesus loves you, nerd. Tune in every Monday through Wednesday for the Back Row Morning Show at 8.30.